From Omaha, Nebraska, and everywhere in between, you're listening to the 2022 ACB Convention on ACB Media. Please visit acbmedia.org. ACB Media, home of the 2022 ACB Conference and Convention. Here, there, and everywhere. The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. This is ACB Media, the broadcast home of the ACB 2022 Conference and Convention. Good afternoon, good evening, or good morning, depending upon where you are around the world. My name is Jeff Bishop, the chair of the Information Access Committee, and we're going to be with you for the next couple of hours right here at the convention, both in attendance in Omaha, as well as virtually here on ACB Media 5. We are uh, going to be joining Matt here in just one second. I just wanted to let everyone kind of know what's happening over the next couple of hours. We'll be joining our Get Up and Get Moving panel first in our first session. And then in the second session, we'll have a little bit of a break, about a 15-minute break or so between the the sessions to allow people uh, uh, in Omaha to transition between events. And then we will reconvene and we're going to uh, talk a lot about some late-breaking changes that the committee has been working on centered around technology and advocacy. We're going to give you some updates and we'll give you some uh, some hints as to what's to come soon after convention in reference to the shopping event that was uh, originally scheduled for that uh, session. So we'll fill you in on, on more of that coming up in, in uh, part two. Well, without further ado, I want to warmly welcome uh, Matt to the convention, and he's going to be your host for our first session. Matt, take it away, sir. Yes, we are so excited to be joined by the Get Up and Get Moving Committee for this session on your low-tech, high-tech fitness journey. And we're going to be discussing uh, some uh, devices to track your health. And we're, we're, we're going to try to hit a whole potpour- potpourri of things today. Uh, joining us from, at least that's presently here that I see, from the IAC Committee, we have... Uh, Leslie Spoon and Connie Sims from GUGM, Leslie Spoon and Connie Sims from IAC. We have uh, Jeff Bishop, the gentleman in charge, myself, Don Barrett, and Satana Howery. Go ahead and get started. Talk about getting your workout in. And uh, first, we have Don Barrett to talk to us about the Tabata exercise program. Hello, and thank you so much for being here today for this great Get Up and Get Moving event. My name is Don Barrett, and I do have mild to moderate coronary artery disease. And my cardiologist told me that one of the best things I could do for myself would be to engage in strenuous cardio exercise. So today, I want to talk to all of you about a program of cardio called Tabata, which can reap major benefits in only four minutes a day. Sound impossible, doesn't it? 
I'm sure that some of you are thinking that very thing. Well, just give me a couple of minutes to hopefully change your mind. In 1996, Dr. Izumi Tabata, a Japanese professor, teamed up with a professional speed skating coach who had developed a training program using bursts of short sprints followed by short periods of rest. The coach claimed that the program improved peak performance in elite speed skating athletes, which is pretty cool. So, to verify the coach's claims, Dr. Tabata conducted a groundbreaking study which separated athletes into two groups. The study measured the VO2 of each participant before and after the study, which is essentially the amount of oxygen the body uses and is a standard and effective means for measuring oxygen throughput and cardio health during exercise. So both groups worked out for a total of five days a week for six weeks. Now the first group pedaled on a bike for an hour at a moderate intensity and that lasted again five days a week for six weeks. Now the second group used the same bike but pedaled for only 20 seconds at maximum effort followed by 10 seconds of rest for eight sets totaling just four minutes per session. And that's what we now call a Tabata. So just imagine group one, 30 hours of moderate cardio over a six-week period. Group two, only two hours of intense cardio over the same entire six-week period. The results were that both groups' VO2 max increased. This would be expected, you know, of the Group 1 athletes, as a steady-state cardio workout is the typical method for increasing, you know, VO2. But the VO2 max of the Group 2 athletes also increased by a significant amount. This means that Dr. Tabata's study showed that a four-minute intense workout five days a week for at least six weeks can be at least as effective as regular 60-minute cardio workouts over the same period. And more recent studies have shown similar results. And since 1996, there's been a lot of uh, similar studies done on this high-intensity interval training, and especially on the Tabata protocol. So very briefly, intense short cardio workouts trigger a cascade of positive biochemical events throughout the cardiovascular system and the whole body. The heart beats faster and becomes stronger. Alternate coronary arteries are encouraged to grow to handle the increased demand for coronary artery blood supply. Blood vessels throughout the entire body are forced to dilate to handle the increased blood flow, which can help mitigate blood pressure uh, over time. So, 
if you have blood pressure problems, this exercise protocol can actually help because it, it dilates the vessels. And the metabolism of the exerciser increases for a number of hours, even after the workout has been finished. So if this is something you might want to try, there is a really cool and very accessible app for both iOS and Android called Tabata Pro, and it was made by Simple Touch LLC. So Tabata is a six-letter word, and it's spelled like it sounds, T-A-B-A-T-A. And what the app does, it literally announces the eight cycles for 20 seconds of exercise and 10 seconds of rest. So all you have to do is listen and exercise and rest at the appropriate times. I simply run in place for all eight cycles. But really, you can do any exercises that you know will provide a strenuous workout for each 20-second period. So with that, I would like to thank you all for listening, and I wish you all the very, very best, and most of all, good health and happy exercising to everyone. Well, fantastic. Don, thank you for uh, sharing that with us. Do you have anything to add about your your personal health journey? How How has the Tabata program been working for you? Well, the only thing I can add to this, I recently had a, an echocardiogram, uh, which measures what's called the ejection fraction, basically how well and how hard the uh, heart is pumping blood throughout the body. And my cardiologist told me that um, he's seen a lot of these, and mine was one of the best he's seen. And I've been doing the Tabata protocol for, oh, I'd say nine, ten months, and I can't help but believe that that had a lot to do with really making the uh, echocardiogram and my ejection fraction something that was, you know, uh, above average, according to my cardiologist. So I'm real pleased with the system and how it works. It's pretty easy. It's very short and to the point, but it gets the job done. So I love it. All right. Well, thank you very much for sharing that with us. Sure. Uh, next, we're going to turn to Santana Howery. And Santana, I believe you're going to tell us about Concept 2. Anyway, hi, I'm Satana. It's so good to be here. And uh, I'm going to talk about Concept 2. Concept 2 is a company, their, their big thing is lots of rowing, lots of rowing, rowing outdoors. They've got oars and stuff for on-the-water rowing. And then they've got these machines that they've developed for indoor rowing. So I live in upstate New York. It gets cold in the winter. <laughs> Nobody's going to go out and row on the water. So uh, we have lots of rowing clubs around here where you can still keep training and uh, train with a friend or a team or something when it gets cold. Or in our case, we have a rowing machine and a ski machine in our home. Concept 2 does a rower, a ski machine, and a bike, and they call them ERGs, E-R-G-S, ERGs. So we have a rowing ERG and a ski ERG. 
So these machines, you can find them in gyms. Like I said, you can find them at rowing clubs. You can purchase them for your own in-home use. And they have monitors on them, of course. And those monitors will tell you everything about how you're doing, how many meters you've rowed, how long you've been skiing, how fast are you biking, how many calories have you burned. If you got a heart rate monitor, you can figure out your heart rate. It'll tell you right there. All sorts of stuff. So. For um, people who are blind or low vision, Concept2 has developed an app called ERG Data, E-R-G Data, and this app is available on Android and iOS devices. And when you go into settings, you can turn on voice guidance. And in voice guidance, you can decide how many data points you want to hear about and how often you want to hear about them. So you can turn on how many meters you've rowed, how many calories you've burned, how long you've been rowing. And you can have that information automatically spoken at whatever interval you want. 10 seconds, 30 seconds, uh, one minute, two minutes. So you can choose the intervals and you can choose the information that you want to hear. And that gives you some great feedback as you're working out. And um, I don't know about the rest of you, but I am just motivated by data. I know that I can use resistance bands and and soup cans and all that. But gosh, I love to hear how I'm doing and sort of compete against myself and know what's going on. So the Concept2 app really gives me the flexibility to do that. That's it. So uh, just to follow on here. So with the machines themselves... To operate the machine, do you have to, you do have to use the app? Is that what I'm understanding? Or is it independently usable without the app? Um, you can walk up to a Concept2 machine and just start going. You're not okay. going to get any feedback if you do that, but absolutely, you can just walk up and, you know, if you're doing an interval workout, for example, and you're doing, uh, you know, bench presses, and and you do a set of those, and then you do a set of kettlebell swings, and then you go over and, and do 20 seconds on the ski erg. You know, you don't have to turn on the monitor. Or, you know, you don't have to, to use the app. You can just walk up and literally just start skiing or start rowing. Uh, the app is just there because that's the thing that's going to give you the great feedback. That there, there is no other way to get that feedback other than using the app. And I should point out, too, that the app has a logbook. So if you do use the app and you track your workouts that way, you can also then look at them. And the logbook is really nicely designed. If you go onto a computer, it's it's all in this beautiful table. You know, on a lot of websites, we've gone away from using real honest-to-goodness tables that are coded as tables. This one really is coded as a table. So you can see the date. You can see how long you did the workout. You can see what kind of device you were using, whether it was a rower or a skier. Um, so it's, it's pretty cool. And, and uh, these days, the monitors are all Bluetooth. So you just walk up or you, you just tap your phone against the monitor and it recognizes that you got it right there once you open the app. All right. Well, thank you very much for sharing with us today. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, I'm sure we'll... Well, I know know we're going to have questions about this later when we get to it. All right. But in the meantime, we're going to turn to our esteemed chair, Mr. Jeff Bishop, who is going to... Jeff, there were recently some uh, changes to Apple Fitness, right? That um, 
Yeah, we have there, some audio hints going on. Th- th- there is. Um, I- I'm going to talk about just Apple Fitness all up, really, but uh, we'll, we'll highlight the most recent changes here. Uh, and-, and that's sort of a work in progress as I see it. But uh, thank you, Matt. And uh, again, good afternoon, everyone, if uh, you've joined us a little bit late. So I, uh, you know, I- I've been on a-, on, a- on a real strong fitness uh, journey for the last three years now and I've, uh, it's, it's been really a passion of mine and I can tell when uh, I, if I don't get out and exercise or, or get, get up and get moving I can actually feel it emotionally uh, it really impacts me in just my, my daily life both at work, at home uh, even at play and uh, even uh, I don't feel as relaxed if I don't get out and uh, get that done so let's talk about the most recent changes that Apple has made to Apple Fitness Plus specifically. And then I want to talk a little bit just about the Apple Fitness ecosystem a little bit and why I think it's so uh, advantageous for those of us who are blind or visually impaired uh, in reference to the accessibility of the platform. So let's see. I believe it was what uh, last October so last uh I don't remember the exact uh, date. I, I know if, if Clark were here, and is Clark in the room? Yeah, he is, Jeff. There he is. So when did they? Do you remember the exact date? Because you you're like a you're amazing. You remember all these dates. You see, you're, I, you're like I a wizard. I don't remember the exact date. I thought it was just over the winter, like January, February time. Yeah, it was late last year, right? Something like that, or early this year when they announced it. So they they, they announced this new voice guidance feature. I don't know that I would necessarily go that far that it's necessarily voice guidance. I would call it voice hints uh, in the Apple Fitness Plus application. So for those that don't know, Apple Fitness Plus is a, is a subscription service. You can, you can buy it for $10 a month or you can get it as part of Apple One. And uh, they offer a number of exercise classes, everything from uh, HIIT to yoga to... Uh, uh, meditation to dance and and cycling and all kinds of things. I mean, there's just tons and tons of activities in there. And these are all uh, pre-recorded, you know, uh, workouts. So they have someone on screen and they're guiding people who can see these things. They're guiding them from the screen as to what to do. And they're, you know, kind of speaking to it a little bit, but they're really relying on those visual aspects of actually showing someone actually performing these steps but now what they have done if you're a voiceover user they have injected voiceover speech throughout a workout and giving you specific hints throughout the workout and i have found that that some are better than others and i think it's one of these things that we uh will probably see them improvise and get better at as time goes on i think it's fascinating um that they have that they've implemented this technology and I think it's got substantial promise. I think there needs to be some work on exactly what is communicated and how it's communicated. I know that there's uh, there's some other workout uh, 
tools that have become available this year that actually guide you through the actual steps of, of the actual exercise programs and things of that nature that are not Apple-based. And I still think that if there was advice that I would give Apple, it would be either a series of podcasts or a series of introductory uh, classes or sessions as part of workouts that actually guide you through the mechanics of, you know, uh, the movements necessary to fulfill the requirements of these exercises, because I think there's still a bit of confusion around form and, and getting those things right, because it's important to be able to make sure that you're, that you're doing it well. As someone who has uh, gone through quite a bit of uh, physical training and, and worked with a, uh, you know, a trainer, um, both from an exercise perspe- perspective, as well as physical therapy, I can tell you that, Unless you have someone showing you or unless you have someone that really is giving you very, very detailed uh, verbal instructions, that getting that form right is quite difficult. But uh, it it has great promise. And I think that uh, it's something to keep an eye on. And and knowing Apple, they're going to nail it uh, over time. But it's a great start. And uh, I I don't want to commend them for the tremendous effort that they've um, put forth. I did want to mention one other thing, and I was going back uh, just a couple of days ago looking at my fitness journey since about, uh, I don't know, mid-year of 2019 to the present, and going back and, and having the ability due to Apple Health and having all of my, and we'll get to more of this a little bit later, but having all of that data and statistics available to be able to look at, okay, what did I weigh back in 2019? And some might say, oh my gosh, you really want to look back that far? It's kind of scary. Yeah, it was kind of scary back in 2019. But to look and see the the level of progress, um, both just from a, a fitness perspective, talking about, you know, uh, you know, how even your oxygen ratings and all of that, 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 get, that gets tracked as well. Um, you can even track all of your your lab work and and blood work that you get from all your labs that you that you get over time, and it shows trends and they're all fully accessible. Uh, that's even improved greatly in the last iOS release, and uh, they're improving health even more in the upcoming release. So, lots of really great stuff. We'll talk more about it, but the, lots and lots of reasons to to get on the bag, bandwagon of using technology to track where you are, especially if you are really interested in, you know, monitoring your progress, looking at data that represents how well you're doing uh, so that you know exactly where you are in your in your health journey. And the only other thing I wanted to say is um, not everybody needs to be a, a, a marathon runner. You know, uh, we have one represented, uh, uh, you know, a, a, an ex uh athlete here or not x right he's still an athlete but uh, clark is clark is a, a a man who uh i ought to really want to he's awesome he he was uh exercising last night after having wine i heard about that clark and uh you know, that's what is that exercising while intoxicated is that what that is clark and uh Running, running around on his treadmill at eleven o'clock at night. I'm getting a text message. A guy is a crazy exercise machine. He's amazing, and uh, but all of us don't have to be like that. 
whatever you can do for yourself, whether it's just a little bit or more than that, is fine. It's about the journey. It's about the process. It's about the progress that you are personally striving to make. And every person's journey is personal. So that's really, really important to call out. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, Jeff. And uh, speaking of Clark, Clark, we're going to put you on the spot here for a minute. Um, uh, you know, as Jeff mentioned, you're a former Paralympian and your workouts probably put all of us to shame. But uh, <laughs> I didn't know if you had any, any uh, you know, I know the National Office has been working a lot on various things. I don't know if there's anything publicly that you would be able to discuss or if you want sure. to discuss your own fitness journey. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Matt. And first I'd say uh, never former, never past, always a Paralympian. So <laughs> although retired from competition, as Jeff referenced when I was in the gym last night at, at 11 o'clock, somebody asked me, what are you training for? And I said, life. But that was a lie. Uh, I was in there because uh, one nice feature of Apple Fitness, fitness that Jeff Bishop left out is the ability to compete with your friends. So Jeff Bishop and I are in a friendly competition, uh, mainly because I need the motivation during convention season. Uh, it's so easy to just keep hanging out with people and eating more. And uh, besides walking from your room to the session, uh, how much are you really moving or looking after your health during a convention? Um, so I was in the gym last night trying to maximize my points for the day uh, so that I could stay ahead of Jeff, who's probably on his bike or treadmill right now on mute during this during this session. So, uh, and, and thank you, man. I've got Leslie Spoon here saying you were in there this morning. And yes, 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 I was. And I'll be there. I'll be in there tomorrow and the day after that as well. Got to keep the crew going. So the. The American Council of the Blind uh, in the last couple of years started the, the Get Up and Get Moving campaign. And because of the pandemic, we thought that it was appropriate to highlight the impact that social isolation and social distancing has had on people with vision loss, people who are blind. Not only are we you know, cut off from, uh, say, shopping in stores, going to the grocery store, uh, having our mental health and well-being taken care of by communing with friends, neighbors, colleagues, and family. But we're just not moving. And this isn't only because of the pandemic. Uh, this is a chronic condition that has impacted people with vision loss for decades. I would even say as long as there's been vision loss, there's been people who are not as physically active due to their vision loss. And we know from the CDC, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention data, that this has negative comorbid impacts on, as, as Don Barrett mentioned, you know, heart disease, as Jeff Bishop and others from ACB Diabetics in Action have shared over the years on the prevalence of type 2 diabetes, not to mention uh, hypertension, high cholesterol, and, and so many others. 
So as a, a major pillar of the get up and get moving campaign is advocacy along with greater public awareness and partnerships. Um, but advocacy is the main part that, that I would like to talk about along with some other really just really cool stuff that's going on, right? So on the advocacy front, ACB is uh, tackling this on multiple fronts. Um, we are supporters of the Exercise and Fitness for All Act introduced in the, in the U.S. House and the Senate that would require the U.S. Access Board um, and uh, Department of Justice to create regulations for accessibility of exercise and fitness equipment. Uh, they wouldn't be doing this in a vacuum. There are actually already international industry standards that exist for tactile user interfaces, audio feedback, um, and things like that to make cardio equipment accessible for people who are blind and low vision, although those products don't exist on the market today. Anyone who's been in the, the gym here at the, the Hilton Omaha, where we're holding this convention, has noticed a bunch of beautiful treadmills, ellipticals, bikes, all with touchscreen user interfaces. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the really interesting part about the incorporation of uh, touchscreen user interfaces on cardio and exercise and fitness equipment. In the vast majority of cases, they're all basically white label tablets running the Android operating system. And if we know anything about the Android operating system, it's that accessibility is built in. All of these interfaces have the capability to be accessible but they're not being designed in a manner to access the accessibility features. So ACB, along with several of our partners in an organization called the Coalition for Inclusive Fitness, which includes National Council on, in, on Independent Living, as well as Paralyzed Veterans of America, we are reaching out to equipment manufacturers, as well as exercise facility providers, facilities like hotels and convention centers. Um, we're reaching out to the facility providers, you know, not only hotels, but also uh, gyms and places like that, because they're the ones with the market power. They're the ones with the purchasing power. Now, when I, when I go online and and go to a company's website. And Satana mentioned Concept2, so I'll, I'll pick on them for a moment. I go to the Concept2 website and say, yes, my name is Clark. I live in uh, the Washington, D.C. area, and I would like to purchase one rowing machine. Thank you very much. Goodbye. But when a hotel chain with 6,000 locations calls and says that I would like to purchase six to 12,000, now you're getting their attention, Right. So how can we, what we're doing is we're working to encourage those places of public accommodations to offer accessible fitness and exercise services for people with disabilities, just like they do for everyone else. In turn, the facility providers are going to their friends who manufacture the equipment and saying, hey, this is what our customers want. 
this is what we are going to purchase. Can you do this or should we start shopping somewhere else? And we've already noticed some success in this regard. Last September, Planet Fitness announced that they would be purchasing and installing accessible exercise and fitness equipment as it becomes available for their 2,000 locations. So this is still a work in progress. You won't go to your local Planet Fitness and, and have accessible equipment to date, but the, the marker is out there. And manufacturers know that this is the expectation going forward. Additionally, back to these uh, smart equipment providers, we've had some success in this realm as well. In December of 2019, ACB started a conversation with Peloton Interactive. And as part of our convention in 2020, Peloton announced the incorporation of the Android operating system's accessibility features for the TalkBack screen reader and for uh, magnification to be included on the Peloton bike. Since then, this is, this is expanded and improved on the bike to include the Bike Plus. And in April, members of ACB were invited to the Peloton headquarters in New York City to provide user feedback and testing on the Peloton treadmill as well. And I think that by the end of the summer, there will be some exciting announcements in that regard about what will be made available. Um, and we'll continue that work to spread it across all of the product lines. And then finally, I want to bring Satana back up here uh, because Satana, a couple of things I'd like to point out about Concept2. I thought you did a great job of mentioning how the Concept2 products could be used independently of the ERG data app. You just don't have access to the data, right? But it's a, it's a mechanical uh, adjustment for the resistance, whether you're on the rowing machine, the bike, or the, the ski machine, the ski ERG. Um, they're, they're all driven by a, a wind resistance unit, basically a fan. So as you open and close the damper, as you let less air or more air into the fan, that's what causes the resistance. Um, so you can do that with or without the app, just like you can get on a spin bike and twist the knob and use it, whether or not you're getting the data back or not. Um, but what ERG data allows you to do is get that data. And as Satana mentioned, um, you can sync it with your concept to logbook, but you can also connect it to other apps. Like Jeff was mentioning, Apple Health and Apple Fitness. You can have your, uh, your concept to workouts sync so that you can have all of your data in one place. And Concept2 has actually been doing some, uh, some really cool work behind the scenes that we'll, that the rest of the world will find out later this week, but that folks in this room can find out and in, in the Zoom room uh, and also on ACB Media. Don't want to leave anyone out here. Uh, Satana, why don't you talk a little bit about the, the work that Concept2 has been doing, but also you in particular have been doing over the past year? So Concept2 is uh, launching a new version of their app. And in this new version, 
you will be able to independently program a workout of your choosing. And that could be a straight piece. For example, let's say that you want to row 10,000 meters. You can program that in and off you go and still get that feedback about how far you've gone, how far you have left to go. When you program a piece, it actually counts down. So it would count down from 10,000. But in any case, you could do it that way. Or you could do, like Don was talking earlier about the Tabata, you could do an interval workout. So you can program, for example, I want to row four 30-second pieces. And in between, I want to rest for 10 seconds each. Or I want to row one minute and rest a minute and row another minute and rest a minute. You can program all that in with the new and upcoming ERG data. And it's really exciting. Thank you, Satana. And um, I think the only thing I'd add here is we're going from a place where you're just getting the, the feedback on what you're doing, right? But now we're taking it that next step. Not only do you have access to that accessible data, but you are able to program the specific workout. So basically, you are getting all of the functionality from the onboard uh, performance monitor, which is very a very low-tech piece of equipment. You know, there's there's no speakers, it's not a touchscreen display. This is one of the ways that Concept2 keeps their costs down. You know, they haven't gone to the the tablet touchscreen user interface. They don't have the capability of including accessibility on board of the machine without a dramatic overhaul. So this is a great alternative to provide people with disabilities the same access and control and capabilities as everyone else. Uh, the only other things that I'd add here is that, uh, again, I'm going to go back to the, the Hilton Omaha Hotel Gym, which uh, a big thank you to Leslie Spoon for working with hotel staff to and Terry Suarez to label the equipment because even though it's a touch screen, there is a quick start button in the bottom right-hand corner and you can put a piece of tape on that, which is very helpful to get things started. But just like we were talking about with Concept2, it doesn't give you the same access to the workouts, the pre-programmed workouts or the video programming. In addition to regulations and requirements to make things accessible. Um, we're also looking at how we can leverage regulations from different parts of the industry. So for example, the Federal Communications Commission, the same Communications and Video Accessibility Act that brought us audio description also brought us uh, regulations for accessible video user interfaces and a lot of exercise and fitness fitness equipment can play basically television, cable programming, and stream video apps like Netflix and others. So we are looking at all options to uh, encourage these companies to make their user interfaces accessible for the exercise equipment and for the video uh, user interface and video programming. Back to you, Matt. Thank you, Clark. Everybody give Clark a big hand. They're doing, they're doing great work at the national office. Turn our attention to how do we track our health and 
things that we can use to do that. Uh, I do kind of want to turn this more of an open discussion, but Jeff, I believe you have some suggestions for us on devices like scales and such that we can use to, to track our health. So, yeah, I don't want to. Yeah. Thank you, Matt. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on this because I honestly would like to be able to hear from others too on what they're using. Um, there, there, there are a number of products and, and, uh, more and more of them are becoming accessible now. So it, you really ought to take a look at, uh, what's available to you. Um, you can get everything from scales to blood pressure cuffs to, uh, temperature thermometers to, uh, blood oxygen, uh, sensors to be able to measure that for those of you that may, may need that. Um, all of these things are, are, uh, are very, very ex- accessible, including scales that will give you all kinds of biometrics about, uh, your health. Um, there's, there's two ways in which these devices communicate. Uh, one is either via Bluetooth. So you have to be within, you know, uh, 10 meters of the, uh, of the actual, uh, scale and your phone. And then there are devices that actually will, will do this, uh, over Wi-Fi where you pair the scale or, or pair the, the device with your Wi-Fi network. And then it doesn't matter. You could be in the, in the bathroom where you're, uh, getting ready to get ready for the day and you're, you jump on a scale and, and all that and your phone is uh, sitting on your charger in your bedroom on your, uh, on, on your little, little uh, nightstand, you know, don't, doesn't have to be in the same location and that data will transfer, uh, to your device. Um, most of these devices, if not all of them now, will sync with Apple Health. So you, you do have to, to tell it to allow it to be able to write to Apple Health. But this is really great because then you can monitor that data and look at what your trends are. And actually you'll, you'll get push notifications often from your device letting you know what your trends are. Everything from, uh, weight to your steps and exercise goals and all of those things. So it will definitely keep you updated as to, uh, how you're doing. But I'm interested to hear from from others who uh, are using these types of devices and what devices you're using. So maybe we can, uh, in in the time, because we don't have too much time left, in the time that we have left, maybe we can take some hands and um, answer that question or or answer any questions that people have uh, had over the session, because I did notice some hands that went up. Well, thank you, um, folks. Uh, Great, uh, great presentation. what what we're using is comparatively low tech compared to what some of the things you guys are talking about, which all sound interesting. Um, we are using a Schwinn. About the about the main thing we use is a Schwinn Aerodyne bike. That now that we own a house, we can have it in the basement. We use it anytime we want. Don't have to worry about the neighbors down below getting upset and oh when she get when you no know, whatever. But anyway, um, so I really um, I know I've really started and uh, I think uh, Karen has too to really do more and uh, get back to really exercising on that. And I want to tell you, even just that, I've noticed a whole lot, um, you know, feeling a lot better, feeling less uh, uh, sluggish sitting at the computer at work and stuff like that. Uh, but, Leslie, you made a good point, too, and this is something that I've done is um, 
just a simple, one simple thing. You, you talk about some things you can do sitting in a chair. But the other simple thing that I would encourage folks to do, especially if you're at a desk job, is set a reminder or something like about once an hour. Get up and just walk around. Just move around a little bit. It, it, it just, you know, walk the mailbox, whatever, walk around the house. It, that that does wonders for, it's very simple, and it just does wonders for, you know, you get back to the computer, your mind is fresh again, you're ready to move on to your next thing. So uh, that, that, that's, that's what we're doing, and we're really noticing a lot of difference. I can, she can speak for herself, but I can really tell you, I, I've noticed it with, uh, with Karen. She's really looking, doing a lot better. All right. All right, this is John Gassman, and I have an old, old Nordic tracker. Uh, which doesn't have any of the bells and whistles on it. It's just a, a Nordic tracker, and you basically move your arms and your legs and get the workout that way. You get uh, pretty good cardio, and I make sure that I schedule my workouts when there's a baseball or basketball game on, uh, or I'll read uh, something from Bard usually or something, and it goes by pretty quickly, and I get a pretty good workout at the very same time. So, Okay, first we have Roberta. Hi. Um- Wonderful information. Thanks. I um, looked in the app store for Tabata Pro and a gazillion things popped up. So could you possibly uh, retell us the exact app name and the developer? Sure. It, it is Tabata Pro. You're right on the money on that. And it's made by Simple Touch uh, LLC. Um, I guess that's the kind of business they are. But if you find the one by Simple Touch, and I and I did forget to mention that there is a small price for it. I think it's like three or four dollars, something like that. But um, okay, yeah. Simple okay, Touch. If I can, if I can piggyback on that, it's Tabata. T A B A T A. Just a reminder of the spelling. Yep. And uh, also something else about this app that I just want to tell people: even if you're not interested in the Tabata. I use this app all the time. It's an amazing interval timer. You can set four different timers, so you can set up different interval uh, things for different things you want to do, and it's all, you can turn on only sounds to cue you when it's happening, or you can turn on, it'll say work or rest or whatever. It's an awesome app, whether you're using the specific Tabata modality or not. Great. Thank you. Hey, next we have Jane. Hi. um, Hi. Also live in a small uh, <laughs> apartment um, building here um, and small desk office space. Um, and yeah, I need to exercise, but um, what am I supposed to do with other equipment that's maybe apartment sized and not huge? <laughs> and also, how are there any mechanisms or something to attract blood? sugar levels um thank you i'm gonna this is don i just wanted to respond real quick body weight exercises are excellent for building muscles and and getting cardio push-ups and leg raises and sit-ups and uh, squats none of that stuff requires equipment and jane with the right kind of workout built using the body weight exercises you can get a lot done Oh and yeah. I'll stop there and let others, you know, take over. And, and Jane, you can it's Leslie. You can also buy um treadmills that go into the desk for they're they're not a full size treadmill, they're mini treadmills. 
but but like what Don's saying, um, resistance bands. I teach a resistance class. You can do soup cans, push-ups, planks, anything you can do, wall push-ups, just to use your own body weight. So, oh, we, what about the blood sugar? You know, there's not a lot of um, apps that are that are that are. I mean, there are apps where you can manually enter the. Uh, the blood sugar numbers and you can and you can uh also do that through apple shortcuts and things of that nature that's something that uh is is an interesting topic and i think what we should do with that is is take that over to acbda and actually probably do an entire session on blood glucose tracking and, and using tools and technology to do that so jane um i'll make a note of that and i'll bring that up i'm on the board of acbda and we'll We'll make sure we do something in this area to try to help you in that space because uh, I think it, I think it's worthy of spending a good twenty minutes on the topic, and we don't have that amount of time here for that. But uh, stay tuned on that one. Hi, I'm Susan. I have a question, and it might be only to Leslie because it's a blind short person question. I don't know how tall you are, but one of the difficulties I have with equipment is that I'm too short. I'm five. I say I'm five one, um, but I'm really probably five feet. At home, I just throw in a pillow or something to make things shorter. Any suggestions for when you're traveling and the equipment's really been designed for taller people? And when should you be careful? Leslie, did you want to speak to that? Yeah. Um, so Susan, yeah. Um, you're how tall? Five feet? Yeah. Okay. Well, the bands, the resistance bands don't go, if you use the old-fashioned resistance bands, I use, they're called Spree, S-P-R-I. You can get them on Amazon, and they come in different colors. They just have the handles, and you can wrap the handles around. You can use the resistance bands. If you're in a gym, um, like here, I've seen you can actually move the seats up and down so that to, to do your height um, for weight machines. Or you can do the free weights, which, you know, it doesn't matter how tall you are with the free weights. You can start with the lightest weight and go up to the heaviest. But if you're starting out, I would go lighter weight, more reps. Um, be careful using a pillow. You might throw your alignment, body alignment out of, out of whack. <laughs> so um, we can, might be able to get together and I can show you a few things. So, uh-huh. Thank you, Leslie. All right. Uh, Nikki. Hey, guys. Um- couple of things I wanted to say. Uh, first of all, I use, um, along with my Apple Watch, my doctor recommended this and we got it from Amazon, a portable elliptical, which is like a, a peddler type thing. And I have it under my uh, table or I put it under a desk and it is really cool and I like it a lot. I didn't know about the mini treadmills though, Leslie, and you might look into that because my husband can't use the, the uh, pedal thing because of his knees, so the treadmill might work better for him. I, I'd be curious more about those and what their costs might be. I know John Gassman and Larry Gassman uh, from uh, California Council, they've, they've been marketing this Move It uh, portable treadmill, so Maybe we can get you guys connected, and uh, we'll 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 do that. 